Hi, I'm Johnny Hamilton, and welcome to this episode of the Future Focus Fridays podcast series. In this episode, I'm talking with Mike Moreland, Chief Human Resources Officer of Acute Care at Providence. He shares his insights and stories of his career journey and what it means to be an authentic leader at different stages in your career. Let's drop into our conversation and hear some of his insights into being authentic at work. Mike, so tell us a little bit about your career path. Have you had any unexpected twists or turns as you have worked in your career experience? My career path actually started in technology, you know, I'm uh, working at Intel in 1983, and that was right way before a lot of the things that we take for granted today were on the scene. Way and back, I, yes. I uh, tell my kids I was uh, working in technology before email, which they just like blows their mind, right? <laughs> and uh, I worked in manufacturing and operations for uh, a good long time, for about 17 years. And along the way, I, I finished my undergrad in management of human resources, but I actually had in my own mind that I was going to stay in manufacturing operations because I love the work. You know, there's something, you know, good about being doing something concrete and seeing product go off the assembly line day in and day out and so forth. You know, doing that for in a 24 by 7 factory at one point was a little bit tiring and leading that factory. And then uh, at the time, they actually had uh, uh, manufacturing excellence conferences, and I went to one in San Diego this particular conference, the things that were uh, standing room only, the, the sessions that were standing room only were all about leadership development and change management and org development. And again, this was a manufacturing excellence conference, but the ones on the people stuff was the, were the ones the most well attended. And I realized there that they were being presented by these uh, the, a position called people systems managers that most of the operational groups at Intel had hired a role called people systems manager. And so I came back to my organization after the conference and I was reached out to our HR leader and I was all in the tizzy and saying, hey, we you know everybody's doing all this cool work. I just went to go see it. You know, they got these great roles called people systems managers. We need to be doing something like this. And she looked at me and she said, you know what? You're right, Mike. And uh, we're going to post a job for this for that very reason. And if you're so passionate about it, you should apply. I think you'd be great. And so that was totally not what I was expecting because she totally called my bluff. And I actually did end up uh, getting that role and transitioning into that people systems role and ultimately in an HR role. And I will say that it's unexpected because nobody was more surprised than me that I really loved the work and I really found my home in HR. Uh, I thought I'd be in manufacturing operations and be a, you know, a line leader for a long time, but HR ends up being where my passion and my skill set best fits. And so that was an unexpected twist. I didn't expect that, but uh, it was a great twist. There was a point when you saw everybody in the standing room only parts and you're like, there was something about that that you're like, I really enjoy this. What was it about that that lit your fire that got you really interested in that? It was because that environment was very process oriented by nature, just in very rational. And what was inspiring for me is that I always felt like there was a, a missing component around people. And what was exciting is like, okay, so finally, somebody's talking about the people component of what it takes to really get the work done and, and how what we do, you know, and we were, you know, famous at that time for lots of reorganizations and lots of change and that kind of stuff. And not really always sure that people fully comprehended the impact that that had on the employees, right? And the fact that leadership and how important that was with respect to uh, the impact on employees and so forth. And even as a, a factory manager, you know, I led from that point of view. 
as a leading the people. And so it was just refreshing. It was like a, a tall, cold drink of water that felt like in a dry desert for me. And so that's why I came back all fired up because I was like, finally, I'm seeing, hearing our corporation talk about some of these things from this lens that I thought was super important. And I totally hear that passion. You just light up when you're speaking about all of these things. So tell me, what do you enjoy about leading people? And what do you find is the most challenging aspect of leading in your role that you're doing? The thing that I enjoy most, I, I think simply put, is to help folks develop and become the best version of themselves that they can be. And that is not just from a work lens, but also at a personal lens and just having been a part of a lot of folks that I've led over the years and just seeing how many of them have just blossomed and went on and done, you know, just great things. And the opportunity sometimes to even speak into other people's lives and help them see that that spark that resides in them and help them catch the flame that follows it and follow their own passion and have them develop. For me, that is the coolest and most exciting thing about leading people. And then I think the, the second thing is, I don't think there's any substitute from leading an organization and helping folks accomplish, you know, together things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to accomplish separately. And so having people, uh, leading people and helping them feel that sense of collaboration and togetherness and having us uh, really get great results, because I'm still very results oriented, but having us do that in, in a way that we all feel good about what we've accomplished together is another thing that I uh, really enjoy most and being able to step back. And I, and I like to try to, to be as appreciative about the work that people have done, because I think getting work done and getting it done together is probably one of the most rewarding things that all of us will do. You know, I think the challenge sometimes, particularly, you know, in, in our large matrix environment is doing is helping people come together when we're, you know, geographically separated. And oftentimes we have different goals or different aspirations. And I think the most challenging thing is to sort of get alignment and help people get alignment on here's what we ought to do, or here's the most important thing, or here are the three most important things that we need to focus on right now. And that's a challenge sometimes because everybody has different um, giftedness. People have different goals. And again, the aspirations, as I said, and, uh, and folks, uh, again, are passionate sometimes about that. And so it's hard sometimes to get people on the same page. You know, one of my favorite things to do over the years is when we have misalignment and some of the folks who work with me will crack up because they've heard me say time and time, well, I'm going to be everybody together. We're going to get in a room. We're going to lock the door and we're not going to come out until we got agreement, you know, <laughs> and so... <laughs> And, and, and uh, it's just one of the ways I've, I actually did that literally a few times and just not I didn't literally lock the door, of course. But, you know, to say sometimes you just got to bring people together with the intent that our, our job is to just to come together and get alignment and make sure that we can all suspend our, our own uh, perspective and listen to others and, and, and be able to realize that the, the, the collective solution just might be better than any solution any one of us individually would come up with. But that's a challenge sometimes, you know, when you have a myriad of different people and different perspectives. The world has changed quite a bit through the pandemic, and now we're starting to come out of it. What do you see our core leaders struggling with most these days when it comes to this area? You know, I, you know, I think our core leaders, I would describe it as a, a sense of overwhelmation. I just think that the pandemic itself has brought with it just a, the fatigue factor for themselves and the fatigue factor from their caregivers. 
And I think that this, uh, we were already on a really aggressive path of really trying to reorient ourselves. Lots of change, a lot of the work that we've done from Accelerate to Health 2.0, work that we've done over the last few years and shared services in particular has been down this path in many of our regions and lines of businesses have been changing and morphing and, uh, and, and in a response, frankly, to the healthcare environment. I mean, we've needed to be able to track with what's happening externally and, and to be able to meet the needs in our community and to be able to create, you know, more access at a lower price point and to provide a higher quality care. And to make all those changes in the, the, at the rate and the pace that we've had to change, I think folks are struggling with just, you know, somebody make it stop, you know. And, and as a result, I think it, with all of those changes, new tools, new technology, new processes, some of our uh, regions have had to implement things like the, you know, the EMR with uh, Epic, for example, where you, you, know, you have to learn a whole new way of doing your work. So I think that takes away from time that they would otherwise you know, spend you know, working with their and caring for their caregivers. And I think there, many of them are struggling with how do I make time to make sure that I do the right things to keep you know, the operations running and service to our communities and doing that with and through these caregivers and, and really caring for and shepherding them through it. I think it is a difficult thing for most of our core leaders to balance this day and time. I think in some ways, the folks who are working virtually, the virtual tools have helped. And in many ways, the virtual environment for folks who are administrative functions has leveled the playing field. So more people have more access or equal access to their leaders than they ever have before. But I think in many of our ministries that are caring for patients day in and day out, it's a struggle. It really is. And, and all of us are struggling with that. And so understanding how we as senior leaders can enable and empower, uh, not just empower, but really enable and to clear the path, create more space for our caregiver and core leaders to spend more time with their caregivers, not just professionally, but in a personal level, I think is one of the challenges that we have. We got to help them. And I think that's a real key thing when you are bringing your best personally and professionally in that role as a leader. I mean, that's really your authentic self. And there's been a lot that's been written about that. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you in terms of being an authentic leader and the importance of that? For me, being an authentic leader is uh, being a, a whole leader. And one of the things we have a uh, Providence Leadership Formation or Mission Leadership Formation, and one of the leaders there talks often about you have to go in to go out. And I've always liked that phraseology because I think it's important for us as leaders to be able to understand who we are and then understanding how we then translate that and communicate that to others. I think uh, the other thing that I would say from an authentic standpoint is, uh, and, and I believe Providence uh, gives us the latitude as leaders because of who we are and our mission and our core values, again, to be body, mind, spirit, you know, the whole person as a leader and realize that that's important for people to be able to convey that in some way. I've simply said this in many cases to people who've asked me over the recent years about what I like about being a leader and being a leader in Providence. And it has this idea of being authentic is that what I love about being here is that I'm able to lead with my head and my heart. That's a beautiful way of putting it. It's something that's, I think people can easily grasp without knowing what it really takes to be a leader just understanding right. it's your head and your heart and you're leading. Right. Yeah. And it, as we thought about our caregiver value proposition, as we start to talk about these things, you know, we were talking and even from a talent acquisition standpoint, you know, we are trying to attract, you know, the brightest minds and the biggest hearts. 
And so I think being an authentic leader means to be able to not only understand how to attract those kinds of people, but being one of those people yourself so that you are a magnet for people that want to that bring the brightest minds and the biggest hearts. That's the key to for all of our success. We've got to get the right people doing the right work and people who are really aligned to our mission and values and clearly bring uh, the technical expertise or the clinical expertise that we need to care for our communities. How does that translate when you are a frontline leader and if people start moving up the ladder? Does that change in terms of being authentic? And is it easier or harder to do that? I think it's harder in some ways and easier in others. And maybe it's not harder or easier. Maybe it's just challenging. And for me, I have become more aware as my level of responsibility has grown. The exposure to more people makes me realize that I have a greater impact. And so I have to be aware. You know, each of us, you know, we have days where we're not our best selves or we have meetings where we're not our best selves. And so I think that the challenge is, is that, boy, when you are interacting with a lot more people, the days where you are not your best self have a bigger and wider impact. You, you got to have a lot fewer of those days. And so that's been the challenge for me to just say, you know, I got to make sure that as, as often as best I can to always be the best version of myself I can be, because ultimately people need that and need that to be me to be the best version of myself. That said, you know, those times where I've found that I haven't necessarily been the best version of myself is to own it, right? And just say, hey, I could have done that better. I could I could have said that better. My bad, you know, but it's a challenge because, you know, you realize the impact. And again, as many of us have worked through the emotional intelligence, you know, literature and material, and it starts with being self-aware. And then it's also about understanding how your behaviors and actions impact others. And so from an authentic standpoint, you always want to be authentic and be true to yourself. But uh, as you move up in the ladder, you have to work harder to be the best version of yourself as often as you can, just because of the impact that you have on so many more people. That's a beautiful way of putting it together. What can we all do to help our leaders be authentic in the midst of this constant change? So it's not just them, but what can we do within that same space? way we can help leaders is give them permission to be who they are and to challenge them to be on a path to discovery of themselves and, and understanding how they impact their teams and helping into this idea, again, of going in to go out. And I think if we can help people do that and have that conversation on the regular, we all got our stuff. We're all working through different things. And every level of the organization, the last 18 months or so have taught us that, you know, whether it is the pandemic or wildfires or uh, whether it is the racial issues issues and unrest that we've seen and civil unrest that we've seen, it has different impacts on different people. And so that's what I mean by, uh, you know, really encouraging our leaders to just be where they are and to help them identify where they are because they can't be the best version of themselves if they're not honest and understand where they are. Because sometimes we feel like we got to be a brave face. And I would also encourage all the leaders, any leader, and I would say this to all people, is you got to have people in your life that you can be honest with. And we've got some great resources in HR with Lyra and other things that we've rolled out. But I think even having a trusted colleague or two where you can, you know, sort of uh, let your proverbial hair down, you know, and just, you know, and have somebody just hear and hold how you're feeling that day 
and be an encouragement to you, I think is one of the things, best things that we can do for leaders. And I think that's one of the best things we can do for each other is to try to be that person for as many people as we can shoulder ourselves. You know, I've told some of my leaders that, you know, my office virtually or not is the official vent zone. You know, you can so you come in and you can say what you need to say, how you're feeling it that day. And I won't hold it against you, won't do anything. And then we can always work from what do we actually go do after that? But I will tell you that I think in these days and times, whether you're a leader or not, folks need a place to just sometimes be able to, to just say and be who they are and have somebody be able to hear it and hold it and help them work through it and encourage them through it. That's what I would say. I love your perspectives. I, I love the pieces that you brought in together. I'm going to hold some of what you have said top of mind for me as I do my work. I hope it's helpful. You know, I actually, I think I found it to be pretty successful over the years. It's taken a while to get here, though, to get to this perspective. And, uh, and, and the best thing we can do for others is share what we've learned along the journey. Thanks for inviting me and asking me. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure and honor. Thank you, Mike, for your insights and stories about being an authentic leader at Providence. I hope our listeners are more aware of the role authenticity plays in leading our organization. Join us next time for another insightful conversation on the Future Focus Fridays podcast.